The Sonder podcast is designed to educate our network on the latest updates within the legal industry. Here we speak to top legal professionals where they provide their invaluable insights on how to stay ahead in the current market and what a day in the life is like for them. Today I'll be chatting with Jodie Baker, CEO of Zakia Technologies. We'll be discussing her journey from international firms through to setting up her own business and the ins and outs of having a startup. Welcome Jodie, so glad to have you here for our podcast. I'm very excited to do this with you. So tell me about Jodie the person and what's been happening in your world. Well, thanks for having me, Amy. It's lovely to be on. Um, I guess like everybody else in the entire world, uh, my 2020 has been very much uh, about COVID and the environment here in Melbourne hasn't been great in the last couple of months. Uh, so very much at home. It's a homebody uh, doing lots of work at the moment. Um, I've got a husband and two kids and a lovely dog. So getting to see plenty of them and as teenagers, uh, who are soon to fly the coop. It's nice to have a little bit more time with them. Um, but actually, I've rediscovered my love of jigsaw puzzles and bike riding in the last six months, which has been really nice. Lovely. Um, and now your career path has been an interesting one. So tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. My journey to where I am today makes no sense to anybody, um, but I started as a lawyer in a law firm. I was at Minter Ellison as a graduate and then uh, progressed fairly quickly to the in-house environment. So uh, JB Weir and Son, as it was known uh, in the 90s when I joined or in the very early 2000s, uh, and then went from an in-house lawyer to being uh, on the business side. So joined the institutional and retail banking area. Uh, as a financial and industry analyst, uh, which I did for 10 years, both um, through the JB Weir and Son era and then through the Goldman Sachs era and then as a breakaway from that, which was Evans and Partners and uh, really enjoyed that, learnt an enormous amount about uh, financials and uh, big structural shifts in industries and all sorts of really interesting skills that I didn't really appreciate would become useful as an entrepreneur. Um, found myself living in Kansas City, USA uh, for a few years uh, back in 2010 to 2012 uh, and was working remotely with my team and my clients and really loved that I had little kids at the time uh, and started to look at business models that adopted a more uh, virtual way of working and came back to Australia and kicked off Hive Legal uh, and that was in late 2013, early 2014. Uh, and really enjoyed that journey. That was really fun to come back into the legal industry and be part of a, a new way of working. Uh, and then from there, springboarded into um, the establishment of Zakia in 2016. And now COVID, as you know, has really, really affected some people, not just in the legal technology space, but across the global workforce. So can you tell us about the biggest challenges you faced in recent times? Well, if you put cabin fever to one side, um, which is you know, only sort of a thing for me, I quite like being at home. I like working from home um, and that doesn't, that doesn't worry me too much, but having no choice over the matter and very limited interaction with, uh, with friends and family um, is something that can drive us all a bit batty, I think. Um, I think that probably the biggest challenge for us, and so for those who don't know, Zakia is a software legal technology uh, used by in-house teams. So my team is primarily uh, a software development team, uh, some sales and marketing uh, and operations, but uh, we are dispersed all over the world. So we have a North American team and uh, a, a bigger team here in Melbourne, Australia. 
and we were all set up to work from home. So that wasn't really a massive shift for us other than taking the choice out of the matter. So generally most of us were working from home two or three days a week and from the office two or three days a week. Um, but now of course, all completely remote. Um, probably the biggest issue around that for us is just the lack of, of FaceTime. So being able to uh, meet with each other and with clients uh, on a, a regular basis has had to shift as everybody has into a more virtual world. Um, and so that hasn't been, in and of itself, it hasn't been problematic, uh, but uh, the regularity with which you are on a Zoom call and two-dimensional humans um, is something that I think challenges all of us in terms of our, uh, the way that we operate and the way that we interact with each other. Um, probably my biggest challenge, frankly, has been how I support the team. Uh, to what level can I um, make sure that they're okay, that their mental health is okay, that their physical health is okay, make sure that we're all following all of the rules that are in our various jurisdictions and supporting the, um, the country and state leaders to, to do what is needed to do uh, to, to get on top of things. Uh, and then, of course, for our specific clients, they've had an enormous uptick in terms of the volume of work that they're managing, that they're dealing, uh, making sure that uh, the product is doing everything that they need it to do in order to meet that demand. Uh, so that's been that's been a really big thing for us, uh, having to make sure that we're um, on on the ball and running as hard as we can to meet all of the deadlines that they have in amongst everything else that they're managing. So it's been a stressful time for um, for everybody, I think. But uh, you know, we've we've managed it pretty well and and pretty happy to be part of the the industry that's servicing that big uptick in demand. Mm, definitely. And would you say your team has grown closer in this time? Um, it's interesting. We've got two new team members, one who came on board immediately before COVID hit. So I think he managed two days in the office before we closed it in March. Uh, and one who only started with us a couple of months ago. Um, so for those team members, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's a different, completely different journey for them to what it is for others who uh, all know each other and then just transition to an online space. Um, certainly in some ways we are doing more fun things and we're probably more proactive about making sure that we're finding um, reasons to do um, Gamoku championships and Connect Four championships and all sorts of other things. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we've in injected a lot of uh, very unique ways of connecting with each other um, across the week and across the globe. Uh, so that's been really fun. Um, but I think that there's still no, no replacement for, uh, you know, we used to have uh, parties here at my house every, every six months. And, uh, you know, those things are really super fun. And it's a way of getting to know the team in a slightly different way to getting on a call and, you know, working through a, a particular client issue or what have you. So it's, uh, I would say that we're still close, but we always have been, uh, we've got a great, great culture at Zakia, uh, but it's a very different uh, effort that is required to, to do those things. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And how has the legal technology world changed since you entered the industry? So I think it's almost impossible for me to answer that because, of course, I wasn't in the legal industry, legal technology industry prior to entering it. Um, I guess from an outsider's perspective or from a newcomer's perspective, what I found when I arrived was a dearth of legal technologies that were servicing the market that we um, that we service. And so in-house legal teams were by and large neglected. Uh, and that was why we entered, because we saw a, a gap in the market there. And now it is prolific. There is just so, so much going on. Um, it's, it's noisy and confusing, I think, for a lot, of, um, a lot of the potential clients that we speak to. And so they're looking for ways to um, uh, try and 
wade through that noise and, and find the solutions that they need. Um, but that is a good thing. I think that uh, being prolific means that there's lots of new and exciting things coming onto the market. Um, the other thing that I found when I arrived uh, was a pretty skinny ecosystem in Australia. There wasn't a lot of legal technology companies um, and there was, no, there was no support network. So there was no sense of, okay, I've got this idea. I would like to do something with it. Where do I start? Who do I speak to? Where do I find resources? Uh, and that was really the catalyst for creating the Australian Legal Technology Association, um, which I did with a, a couple of other legal technology uh, founders here in Australia who, who found the same thing. Uh, and so, you know, that was, that was probably the biggest change, I think, to the, the landscape here was the creation of that. Definitely. And on the subject of Alta, can you tell us a bit more about that? and who it might benefit? Yes, for sure. So the Australian Legal Technology Association is quite unique globally because uh, our members are first and foremost people who are creating legal technologies. So it's not uh, law firms who are creating a bit of tech or technology companies who are servicing a bit of legal. It is dedicated legal technology um, creators. Uh, and we have we were astounded by the fact that we went from you know a handful of I think there was six or seven of us at our first Sydney meetup and we had um, you know a few beers and a couple of wines and talked about all of the challenges that we were facing uh, and that feels like you know a million years ago now um, and then we we created a, a formal association within 12 months of that and uh, I think that we had 16 or 17. Uh, people who joined us and, and we were demoing our software at um, Macquarie Bank who were our first sponsors and then within a heartbeat we had 70 or 80 members so that's companies who are building legal technology which is just phenomenal and we were um, really floored by just how the whole industry exploded off the back of uh, creating an ecosystem if you build it they will come if you like. Um, and so that was really super fun. Um, we have now extended that so that we have advocate members. Uh, so that's people who are interested in the, the legal technology space and wanting to learn more about it and be invited to all of our um, events and what have you. And then also advocate companies. So typically law firms who are uh, similarly interested in, um, in helping us to uh, create the environment and the ecosystem and support us uh, through those things and again be invited to those uh, to those events and so uh, that's been fantastic and then of course you know we have um, our fabulous sponsors who help us uh, month to month to put those events on so Macquarie Bank has continued to support us uh, and then uh, Law and Order joined us oh, I'm trying to think if that was last year I'm losing all track of time in this COVID <laughs> environment last year or the year before uh, and uh, and have been fabulous uh, supporters as well so it's been um, yeah it's a, it's a great community of uh, people building legal technology and interested in learning about legal tech. Yeah and you had your first um, virtual conference this year which I we did it was fabulous. <laughs> Great. Excellent. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes, we had an actual, like a physical event last year and then a virtual one. Uh, we had to pivot to the virtual very quickly <laughs> this year. So that was a, a big exercise and uh, nearly killed me, but uh, survived that and uh, managed to, to move on to the next set of events. So I think that there's uh, a few new and exciting events being announced in the next little while. Mm, well, I think definitely from myself as someone that um, is a bit of an outsider in the legal tech community it was great for me to just listen to people and pick up different things and have the um uh the conference rooms where you can talk to different people and jump in and out of them so it was definitely worthwhile um for someone you know like myself who is looking to learn about the legal tech industry to join something like the outer conference that's great i'm glad you enjoyed it where do you think australia sits within the global legal tech picture 
That's a great question. And one of, uh, one of the things that we were wanting to create at Elta was um, a brand, a brand for Australian legal tech. So not just uh, you know, Zakia going off and trying to create a brand for itself in North America or in uh, the EMEA region or what have you. Uh, and then the same for every other legal technology that is really hard and really hard as a startup. Uh, instead, what we wanted to do was say, together, we have so much more opportunity. And so uh, we, we've done that. And I think that we've done that really well. And uh, therefore, the, the brand of Australian Legal Tech has become known in the um, global environment. For me, Zakia is um, quite strong in the North American market. And so uh, we've been able to piggyback off Zakia in order to, to get some of those opportunities, uh, which has been really fantastic. Uh, and means that we, I think that we punch above our weight um, when it comes to you know how uh, what our population size is and uh, and you know just the prolific nature of the uh, startups over the past two or three years has meant that there's plenty of noise out in the market about what the Australian legal tech community is doing. I remember one conference uh, which is probably about where are we? We're in August now, so it was probably about 15 months ago now. And uh, somebody came over to me and said, "Oh my goodness, look at what all the Australians are doing! This is so exciting!" Uh, and you know, apparently there was quite a buzz around the conference about that, and that was really exciting to hear that we'd had that that sort of an impact. I think that Australia is um, quite uniquely placed in some ways because it's quite a sophisticated market. Uh, it it has it is it lags on adoption in some areas, but um, in many, many areas, it is ahead of the curve. I think that we tap into the learnings from the North American market and from the EMEA market uh, and bring them back here uh, culturally, but it's a small market. And so that means that uh, legal tech companies like mine can actually um, test their idea. They can go out to the market and really understand what the demand looks like, um, work closely with the clients. And then once you get it right, it can, uh, it can reverberate across the market quite quickly. Um, so that's a real advantage, I think, as opposed to trying to just land in an enormous market like North America uh, and, you know, you're dropping in a very, very large ocean. So it's very hard to make a splash uh, and that makes a, uh, it makes the, the task quite a lot bigger. The opportunity is bigger, but it makes the sort of brand recognition quite hard. Yep. And do you think, um, so say someone looking to move over from, you know, the UK or the US, that's, that's definitely a selling point um, for them? <laughs> Yeah, it is really. I mean, I think that, well, Elta, of course, is one of the selling points. So we've got this ecosystem um, of very supportive legal technology founders and, and creators uh, who are there to say, you know, this is, these are some of the things that you do. We've got a, um, a member um, a member event next week, which is on, just as an example, which is on uh, legal technology insurance challenges. So we've got an insurance, one of the insurance guys coming in and talking about all of the things that are particularly challenging um, for, for us. Uh, and, you know, we've done the same thing on pricing strategies and the same thing on um, intellectual property and uh, mar digital marketing strategies and all of those sorts of things. So if you're creating any startup, any business, it's, it's challenging, as you would well know, Amy. And so uh, building these things from scratch is hard. Having an ecosystem that you can be part of to learn these things um, is, of course, part of the uh, part of what we're trying to create. So that's definitely um, part of the the advantage, I think, of coming to Australia. But definitely the size of the market as well. I think. Yeah, I agree. What does it take, in your opinion, to work within the legal technology industry, and what are the key skills and attributes you think people need to really excel? Well, I think that any 
startup, any startup at all, um, requires a huge variety of skills. And I think that uh, the thing that most entrepreneurs are drawn to in some ways is, is that variety. So there's a breadth of skills that are required. It's not just, um, hey, I can be a great software developer and so I'm just going to sit down and code my way through um, this idea. What you realize really quickly is that, yes, of course, you need a product, but you also need a brand and a client base and financial skills and legal skills to be able to negotiate contracts. And there are you know, a ton of different things that you need to be thinking about. Um, so I don't think that that's any different for legal technology uh, to what it is with, um, with any startup or any business. One of the things I think that is quite unique to the legal industry, as it would be with any startup, but for uh, the legal industry, you're selling to lawyers. And that means that um, you, you need to understand their specific problems. You need to understand how they think. You need to understand the language that they use, the examples of work that they're throwing at you. So um, you see a lot of ex-lawyers as founders of legal technology. And, uh, you know, there's lots of people have got lots of different opinions about that, the suitability of that. But I have to say, um, for me, whilst I practice law for, you know, about 10 seconds, um, it is important to understand the context. It is important to understand the context from which your clients are coming from uh, so that you can relate to them, so that you can talk their language, so that you can try and get in their mindset uh, and really see it from their perspective, because ultimately you're not going to be able to solve their problems unless you can see it through their eyes. Uh, so we spend a lot of time talking to our clients and really trying to understand that um, as deeply as we can, because that's a, a really key consideration. I think uh, it's, a, it's a key skill that you need in order to be able to sell effectively, build a product effectively and then sell um, effectively. I think the other thing to realize um, as, as a potential lawyer um, turned software founder uh, is that software is not the law. And whilst there is a lot, lot, lot of overlap between um, the reasoning that goes on, um, if this, then that uh, for lawyers, and the same thing happens on the software side, um, there is a lot more nuance in law than there is, typically speaking, obviously there's some very black letter, letter aspects of law, but Typically, the reason why lawyers are required is because um, despite all of the black letter, if this, then that, there is always a nuance and a context and precedent and, you know, a, a thousand things that go into providing legal advice, um, whereas software is not, is not that nuanced. It's often very black and white and understanding the differences between the two um, so that one can service the other. Uh, is a really key component. And uh, I think that's something that it took me a while to, to really kind of come to terms with um, some of those elements and how they fit together. Uh, so it's, that's a bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I think that just appreciating that the two things are fundamentally different um, is, is a really key component to getting stuck into an idea and, and then watching it come to life. Definitely, definitely. And in comparison to working in a law firm, which you've had some experience in, what are the perks of working in legal technology? Um, so for me, <laughs> lots of perks. I absolutely love the industry. I really actually really love bringing the lawyers who are smart, um, you know, intelligent people uh, together with um, the software side of things. The things that I love about software are uh, that uh, developers are very agile thinkers. So they can, well, certainly the ones I work with, so they can uh, work very quickly around an idea and um, 
watch it come to life. I mean, I love that notion of dreaming of something and talking about an idea uh, and then working with people who have the capacity to say, okay, so this is how we're going to do it or these are the five options or, you know, like virtual whiteboarding these days, I guess, but that whiteboarding exercise around um, here's an idea, here's how we're going to make it work and then watching that actually happen uh, and the individuals involved in that process uh, are really super fun. Um, the other thing that I really love about that process is, is the involvement with the client. So I love talking to clients about what they want, what they would love to see, uh, what they think of next. Uh, they've usually got big ideas as well and, uh, and love working with them in order to um, watch those things come to life. But mostly it's the, the dreaming. You can see I've got a, anybody <laughs> listening won't be able to, to see this, but I've got a big sign behind me that says dream big. And uh, we, have, we have three mantra at Zakia, dream big, have fun and get shit done. So apologies <laughs> for anybody who doesn't like the language. Um, and so, you know, that, that dreaming big component and, and watching things come to life is, uh, is very fun. I agree, it's definitely exciting. Where do you see the legal technology industry going in the next five to 10 years? Um, so I think that for me, um, COVID, the COVID environment is very relevant to this discussion. So I've been asked this question a thousand times before and my answer has always been the same until this year. Um, so the answer before was always around, um, I think that lawyers will adopt boring things um, that they will look for small incremental changes that don't push them too far out of their comfort zone, but continue to make their life easier. Uh, and there are some really, really cool things out there, but some of those really, really cool things out there are just a leap too far for, for the industry. And so I see, I don't see this as being like a massive um, shift to oh, everyone's going to adopt AI in the next, you know, five years. And before we know it, every single lawyer will have some sort of an AI tool at their fingertips. That's not really how I've ever seen it working. Um, what I think COVID does is two things. One, it creates uh, a push to, to the cloud for remote working. So I think that there will be um, an, an acceleration of adoption around anything that is cloud oriented. So you think about um, centralising um, documents and data and anything that can be accessed remotely so that you've got that um, dispersed team environment and things that will allow for centralised collaboration around those particular things. Um, so the remote aspect will accelerate things. And then I think the second thing that will help to accelerate adoption is around financial pressure. And so whilst we see, um, of course, we all want a vaccine to happen very, very soon, um, but uh, irrespective of what happens on that front, the financial impact of the environment that we're in now will cause, um, we'll be really looking at this for the next decade. There'll be a really long recovery, I suspect. Um, and that financial pressure will do a couple of things. I think that it will push some teams to adopt more productive tools. So that will be great for legal tech. Um, but it will also potentially um, be a strain for those legal technologies who are not yet uh, really, really settled, really mature, uh, really, you know, embedded and, and able to um, see their balance sheet through uh, for whatever period comes in the next decade. Um, so whilst it might hurt, I think that we'll probably see some consolidation uh, across the industry. So that prolific explosion of all of those tools will probably mean that there'll be lots of uh, mopping up and, and acquisitions, smaller acquisitions across the next little while and, uh, and we'll see a smaller number of players come out the other side. 
uh, but rapid adoption plus uh, consolidation could mean some pretty interesting things for the industry as a whole. And are there three new legal technology providers you think are ones to watch? Well, of course, they're all Australian. Um, so first and foremost, Zakia, obviously, for any in-house lawyers. Um, the second, um, I think, is really interesting is uh, an announcement today. The Dockyard was Australia's uh, first legal tech to list on the ASX, the Australian Stock Exchange. Um, and the Dockyard is, um, is a deal room platform, and they've announced today um, a deal with Anserata, which is another Australian uh, deal room platform. And, uh, and I think that's really exciting to see those two come together uh, and watch with, with great interest as, uh, as that combined entity uh, with uh, Stuart Cloud at the helm, you know, really goes from strength to strength. So that's a really exciting one um, for, I think, the global environment. Um, the other one is in the, um, in the dock automation or dock assembly space. And so we've got quite a few players here in Australia who play there. Um, Neoda is um, uh, is an established brand, but Joseph and Checkbox are, are both uh, really taking the world by storm and seeing some great moves globally by both of those organisations, both here in the Asia Pacific region and also in North America and, uh, and EMEA. So it's really exciting to see um, some of those, those newer uh, technologies really going from strength to strength in this environment. Definitely. Well, I'll definitely have to have a look into that and look into that a bit further. But thank you so, so much, Jodie. This has been really, really informative and educational. And I think everyone will be heading over to the Alta website to have a look and check it out. <laughs> Please do, alta.law. Yep, perfect. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on anything we discussed, please feel free to reach out on info at sonderconsultants.com for a confidential discussion.